Welcome to New Realities. I'm Alan Steinfeld, and this program is about the evolution of consciousness. How do we become more human? How do we expand what we are, who we know, how to activate our greater potential in the world? And that is why I'm talking to someone who's really done that. He's really given his all for his art, for his vision of a better world, greater society, Gary Malkin, expert musician extraordinaire, just composed the soundtrack for Thrive 2, which, which we'll talk about. And Gary, thanks so much for being here. It's, it's, <laughs> you're an old friend, and I'm happy we finally had a chance to do this conversation. What a thrill, Alan. And I'm so honored and delighted to be with you because um, I'm on fire with what I'm doing and I'm grateful to share the word. Well, you're not only on fire, you have the spark of creativity in you. I know we've done a few conversations in the past and it's like, you found your gift. You found it and you're going for it and with your optimum potential. And that is so inspiring, but how do people, this is a little off the subject of what, but how do people find that gift? Because once they do, they are on fire. You know, um, many of you might know about HeartMath, the LLC, and uh, that organization which was founded by a number of people, but one of whom was my roommate in college, Bruce Cryer. Um, we were in Oberlin together. And the reason I bring him up is when he left the CEO position of HeartMath for 11 years, he came to me to help him as a friend reawaken his love of creativity and the arts because he was a, originally, way back in college, a performer for one of my favorite shows, which the was- Fantastics, uh, right? The Fantastics, right? Yeah. And, um, and so I bring him up now right at the beginning of this conversation because we decided that the upper right quadrant of Hartman focuses on a kind of flow that very many people forget. Many people associate the word coherence mm -hmm. with an intense capacity of deep stillness, mm -hmm. uh, alignment with the field. Right. But you can be aligned with the field in the state of deep flow. And that could be a performer and an Olympic athlete and a, somebody that's at the height of their game. And mm -hmm. that's when we started a program called What Makes Your Heart Sing? Awakening the power of inspiration for a more fulfilling life. Someday, after we have mastered the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness the energies of love. And then for the second time in the history of the world, men will have discovered fire. And I bring that out as a we're kind of bringing it out out of the closet again because it was shelved for a couple of years. But we, we really believe that now with COVID, an answer to your question around what really awakens your core purpose and your creativity mm. is start with what do you want and who are you and what do you love? Right. And when you, when you really, you know, many people underestimate what it really takes to answer that question. Right. But when you really give yourself the permission to ask yourself if, money were no object, if time and space were no object, what makes your heart sing? And what do you yeah. want out of your life? And mm. I tell you, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's that <laughs> you, you really, to really demand or get to have clarity in that question, in that question, it takes a lot of self-love to answer honestly. Because mm. we have so many limitations. And these days we're getting so contracted by being sheltering in place and missing out on 3D proximity engagement, right. that it's getting even a little tighter in a lot of people's consciousness, you know? So my first response to that question is, what do you love? What makes your heart sing? Yeah. And the answer to that will be your path to answering the question, how can you awaken your innate creativity, which every person has available to them? And Bruce does his courses now. He, mm. he evolved into core, core programs on creativity and I, he and I work together a lot and I love him dearly for it. Um, so that's my, that's my first response. No, that, that's a great answer because I think the whole reason we incarnate 
in these forms with these human brains is to do what we love, is to go for our create. We are here to be creative. That is our primary mission on the earth. And it could take any form. And for you, it's taken the beautiful form, not just music. It's, it's more than music because I was watching Thrive 2 and I was watching and listening for the music because I knew you were doing it. You are leading people in this nonverbal um, expression of what the movie was trying to say in words. You're, you're actually communicating it beyond what Foster and Kimberly are, are saying. Well, well, let me let me yeah. share something with you because yeah. this will get down to the belly, the underbelly of something. When I started scoring Thrive Two, mm -hmm. you have to understand that even though I'm open and available to being hired to score films, I pretty much only do projects that are about generative, leaving the world a better place in some mm -hmm. way, and I only do that right mm -hmm. on these days. So, which means that it it could be entertaining, but it ultimately needs to be redeeming. Right. Yeah. So in the beginning, I had been a little rusty. It had been a couple of years since I'd scored a, a project of a whole. I did a feature film called uh, it was called Organic. What is it called? It was about the organic food movement a couple of years ago. And but essentially, and I've been scoring a ton of stuff because I've been passionately involved in really establishing my work, which is called Wisdom of the World Wellness or WisdomOfTheWorld.com. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And. I was starting this project with Thrive, with Foster and Kimberly, and I have to tell you, I was looking at El Capitan and I was saying, holy shit, how the hell am I gonna do this project? <laughs> I was so intimidated because I'd done the previous score for Thrive One in 2011, and I have to be honest with you, it was the hardest freaking project I'd ever done. Right. It was wall to wall, two hours of music, and it took me, about, about me and my partner, Dan Alvarez, around 12 weeks, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. It was really rough, right? Yeah. So I, I asked myself, how could I do this? And I had a very dear friend, Lisa Raffel. She's my collaborator and a musical shaman and a very profound spiritual teacher with whom I'm creating a Broadway musical, by the way. Can you hear me, baby.com. Yeah. Um, but so I, I was, I asked her pre, frequently for help because she's a, a, a spiritual medium in, in, in and of herself. Mm -hmm. And I went, Lisa, what am I going to do? I, I honestly, because I couldn't work with my engineer programmer, my partner, um, because his mother lived in this home where he was working, 84 years old. He refused to let me come except for one day a week with extensive masks, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like thinking how, I, I didn't even know how I was going to do this without remote working but right. so she said gary let me get this straight you created graceful passages with michael stillwater 20 years ago right you released that i went you'll and if people your audience doesn't know what it is i really want to talk about that at some yes. point yeah she said you spent the last 20 years devoting your life to exploring how music can subliminally awaken your ability to assimilate cognitive visual and wisdom content You've been exploring this alchemical relationship between the spoken word and music. And I went, yeah, that's basically my 20 years. And she said, so what's the difference? <laughs> Close your eyes, listen to what Foster says, and do your magic. Create yeah. music that will enable people to assimilate the wisdom and the intention and the consciousness of what Kimberly and Foster were saying. And don't get distracted by the visuals initially. And then I went, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? And sure enough, the moment I started applying this genre that I really want to be my primary legacy in life, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is the genre of helping to be a remedial tool to enable us to address what I call the wisdom deficit of our times, mm -hmm. which has resulted from Forgive me for my language and my rhetoric. If I get too out there, please That's arrest okay. me. You're, you're not too out there, no. Well, to address the, the Cartesian myth of I think, therefore I am, right. that has been running Western culture for 200 years and, and has destroyed the planet 
because of this global dominion over nature, rather than this belief that linear, rational, credible thought is the only credible form of engagement, mm -hmm. rather than the honoring language of the universal language of humanity, music, honoring the language of the heart, the brain heart, the gut heart, you know, the gut brain, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's my mission is to use alchemical wisdom modality, use the art of film composing, which mm. is really the art of creating an emotionally resonant musical field that disarms our defenses mm. and awakens us to an emotional range of vast potential that helps us fill in the blanks emotionally so that we end up being what Maya Angelou said, which is we remember not what they say, but what they made us feel. Mm. And that's why this modality is so important. And that's why I'm sticking to this story for a long no, time. No, that is great because, you know, the whole film, the whole Thrive 2 is about the field. So what you do with your music is set the field. You set the stage so Kimberly and Foster could come on and talk about sort of what you're doing in a way. <laughs> well, that's very complimentary. <laughs> no, but, but you know, I have a track, it's four minutes long. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that That is quite a treat. I have it, I play it sometimes on my consciousness Zoom classes that I give mm -hmm. because it's based on the Martin Roots work of Heaven on Earth Project, which is how can we create heaven on earth if we don't vibrate at the frequency of heaven on earth? So I have this piece of music. If I can, if yes. I'll with you and you can insert it. I will. Maybe, maybe what I'll do is say, at this moment, play this track. It's called The Science of Love. And it's the last cue in Foster's and Kimberly's film. Mm. And the reason I want to play it is because it's an example of if you use the music to align with the coherence of the triumph of love, the triumph of the human spirit, we, I believe we, you know, that famous phrase, we, the, the, the frequency at which we vibrate mm -hmm. is the frequency from which we create. Yes, absolutely. Ab totally, absolutely. And you know, I was thinking of that last moment before we started this interview. I think it's the last moment where they're walking on the beach and they raise their hand up and the, spla and the splash goes down in the water and you time it so right. So it's like you're feeling the drop in the ocean and you're then rising up and expanding right. with the music as it takes you out. out yeah, of well, and that cue, if we have, if you can yeah. insert it at this point, it's I called, would. Foster calls it the science of love. We are as powerful as we allow ourselves to be. We're not alone in this. We are profoundly connected. Science and spirit both show that now. And as the poet Rumi reminds us, remember, you're not just a drop in the ocean. You're the ocean in a drop. I play that because, you know, the wounded healer in me needed that because it was the hardest one for me to generate. Because think of it, it was, let's say it was, um, it was July or August of mm -hmm. 2020, the election, COVID, <laughs> the, the insanity that we we're all going through. And mm -hmm. I was feeling so afraid that I couldn't finish this fun, this finish mm -hmm. line. Mm. That, and I'm thinking, okay, how do I generate the feeling of the triumph of the human heart and spirit? Yeah. And it was really challenging. No, you were inspired because I, I watched that actual piece a few times before we I even knew we'd talk about this. And the drop hits the ocean. You would think, oh, there comes the thing. But no, you let it absorb and then you expand out from there. So it's not like bing, it's like um, oh, and it's like that. It's like, a, like a big, it was intended as a big exhale. Yes, yes. Right. I, 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 that pulls the whole movie together, no matter what they were saying. It's like, because they, 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 I mean, they do say we're not the drop in the ocean. The ocean is in the drop at, at that point. Right. And that 
is the new story. That is the new paradigm. That is where we become self-activated, realized beings in control of our destiny. Right. No, and this gets specifically to the work that I'm doing with mm -hmm. Alchemical Wisdom and specifically the work with Sarah McCrum. Mm -hmm. I really would love to play a track. It's only yes. three minutes, and I think I'd like to do it right now. Is that yes, okay? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sarah McCrum and I, in the spirit of the Alchemical Wisdom tradition, which is what I started, she and I went in the studio and we improvised live these recordings of her word trans transmission, completely spontaneous, mm -hmm. and my music listening to this microsecond of what she's saying. And in the spirit of understanding that sound is the carrier of an energetic, it's an energetic carrier of intention, mm -hmm. and which we know since the indigenous times, with the, with the chant and the drum while you're on a plant medicine journey, this mm. keeps you and aligns you to the ground and the sky, right? Mm. So in the spirit of that, I want you to experience this new genre that we call, that's like alchemical wisdom, called transformance. It, right. brings, you to a, it brings you to a trance. It's a live, immediate, extemporaneous performance. It's transformative, etc. So here it is, and this particular one I want the audience member, including you, mm -hmm. to imagine that this recording is coming directly from your higher self. Okay. Uh, because that, you know, that famous phrase, what you appreciate, appreciates, mm, right? Yeah. So in the spirit of that, I just want you to imagine that your own either future self or, or higher self is speaking to you. So check this out. Do you know how beautiful you are. Have you ever stopped to look at yourself? To see yourself in your truth? In the clarity of who you are. In your magnificence. If only you could see what I can see. If only you could know what I know of you. You would stand before yourself. In awe. You would see yourself. You would feel yourself. You would know yourself. And so I invite you in this moment to see how beautiful you are. To see yourself in clarity in simplicity, in your true nature. I invite you to see yourself. She has the perfect voice to say those words, that woman. Yes. 
Yeah, no, she's the most beautiful portal of spirit I've ever met, really. And um, we did about 50 of these. They're available at a website called transformance.global for people that want to know. Oh, or, wow. or about her, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, McCrum, M-C-C-R-U-M.com. How many of those you have, you said? So we've done, we've done 50 of them, and they're in different categories of for children, mm. creativity, game changers, uh, like, in other words, empowering words to people that are up to changing the world. There's money, because her famous book, she's phenomenal. She wrote a book that's available on Audible called Love Money, comma, Money Loves You. And it's, it's changed my relationship to money. Wow. It's the most transformative book on money I've ever read. And it's dramatically changed me. And <clears throat> you go to Audible and you listen to this book. And the premise, it's she basically, she's not the woo-woo type, mm -hmm. but she started, the question she got into a book was, what if money spoke to you? And then she started right, the exercise right down as if you were money talking to yourself. And this book came out of her and wow. it's, it's extraordinary. And um, I am so proud to work with her. She's one of the most phenomenal thought leaders I've had the pleasure to work with. She worked for 25 years with an energy master from China. And now she herself is a master. I can't mm. recommend her highly enough. The reason I'm sharing this is because uh, it is a perfect short example of this alchemical wisdom modality that I've been talking about, that I've devoted my life to. I really do believe, Alan, I mean, I know it sounds like, you know, grandiosity alert, no. right? But no, no, but, I, but my dream is that I will attract one day five or 10 of the finest heart philanthropists mm -hmm. who happen to be the great film composers of the world, who I have 800 hours of score of personal interviews with the likes of I have recorded Desmond Tutu and Thich Nhat Hanh and, and all these, and Christian Northrup and Joan Bersenko and uh, Father Charles Keating and all these amazing mm. people in the most intimate and tender language. It's mm. not interview language. It's, it's in second person talking to you like Jiminy Cricket, right? Well, my dream is to hand deliver these edited jewels to the great film composers of the world. So this genre can establish itself, not just as Gary Malkin's work, but as an, a, a, a delivery system for healing the fragmentation of our time. Beautiful. That is, that is a great vision. That is not grandiose. That is what every person hopes to do is hand <laughs> people the, the gift of love. Yeah. Of yeah, and, and the gift of, of, co of what I call quantum coherence. When Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton shared at a, at a retreat I went to a year ago, that it takes 72 hours of coherent stillness to actually align with the unified field and the unlimited possibility of healing in the unified field. And it takes that amount of stillness to happen, right? So mm. it validated my life's journey in the last 10, 20 years, which was a lot about what I call, you know, you've heard about the slow food movement yes. and, the slow, and the slow money movement. Well, the slow music movement mm. is what I personally am forwarding here because Something about the way music can be utilized as entrainment tools that, that in our culture, people, because we're running so fast in our minds, people have trouble with spaciousness. If it, right. And so music creates this space that allows us to slow down enough to get that quantum coherence and so that we're not awkward in the pregnant pause of silence, which if you're the Dalai Lama, you're not you don't have troubles with a pregnant pause, right? right? Or, you know, Adyashanti or any of these people. So, but the reason I play that is because you notice how music, even the hardest of hearts, somehow spaciousness becomes an invitation uh, to that silent embrace that John O'Donoghue refers to as beauty itself. Mm. Beauty yes. itself, this silent embrace that needs no filling, no clarifying, no words. It's suddenly you're invited into the field in a way that allows you to rest in beauty.
This is Alan Steinfeld for New Realities. I'm back with Gary Malkin. Gary, of course, is the founder of Wisdom of the World Wellness, Music for a Meaningful Life. Gary, I want to ask you, how did it all begin for you? When did you realize you had this incredible talent to tune into a, a nonverbal sound which was behind existence? So please share that with us. Thank you. The first moment that I awakened to the magic of the universe was I was at a friend's house at five years old, a new play date because we'd moved recently. And I found this black box with a bunch of white and black things on it. And I touched a note and instantly I felt like Dorothy who had opened the door in the black and white mm. cottage that was strewn about by the tornado. And then I was in a colorful world and I literally felt like I was coming up out of underwater, like, you know, like that. It wow. was that dramatic. Yeah. And suddenly I realized the thing that I had been lacking, common human presence was completely gone mm. until I touched that note. Beautiful. And my, for whatever reason, I knew how to play it instantly. My right hand went to a melody, my left hand went to harmony, and I could delight myself and my mother walks in the room about to pick me up and the friend's mom says, I didn't know he was studying piano and my mother's in shock. And she was, I didn't know either, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason I tell you this story is not to make me out to some sort of- No, sort it's of a beautiful piano. story. It's beautiful. It brings tears but, to my eyes, yes. Well, it, it, I'm not pointing to the whole oh, prodigy because I didn't have a single cultural bone in my body. I mean, meaning my family didn't right. have any appreciation for music. But suddenly, I, you know, there was this wonderkind that could play whatever you heard. I bring it up because I came in to the music as transformational tool through the back door mm -hmm. as a film composer, mm -hmm. as, a, as an artist who knew that the, the universal human language for emotion was music. Mm. And so I grew up with my heart on my sleeve very hard for a little boy in 1950, 53, I was born 58. That's five years old when I first took the piano. So I was raised by this open-hearted vulnerability. I feel a song coming on kind of Broadway mm -hmm. musical, you know, like completely like the strangest little boy you'd ever meet in your life. <laughs> Right, right. I because mean, I wasn't a boy, I wasn't a girl. I, what the hell was I, right? Right, right. What I was trained to understand is what ultimately got validated when Brene Brown came into the scene. When Brene Brown talked about that our vulnerability is the birthplace of our innocence and our authenticity and our true self, I literally almost cried that a social researcher would create a a socially acknowledged validation for what has been my perspective through which I've been looking since music mm -hmm. came into my life. Music, so I'm not the kind of guy that would geek out, except there is a product that I've created called All Is Well, Divine Nine Tunings. And it was using a very unique tuning system that's designed out of Europe to develop accelerated tools that I highly recommend people download on my website if you can, it's called All Is Well. And I did delve into a real geeky kind of frequency-like kind of sound healing modality, right? Mm. But by and large, my greatest teacher has not been understanding the frequencies. I've kind of backdoor into that. Mm. What I did understand and live by since five years old was the wisdom of my emotional heart. and to the, ability, the, the courage to live vulnerably, vulnerably and emotionally, even if it cost me a lot, which it did. Mm -hmm. But music was a doorway into the heart then, right? For you. That's what I'm saying. Music yeah. became my parents. They became mm -hmm. my bench, benchmark for living my life open-heartedly, as Brene Brown would say, wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And to the point where it was always a bit much for people, and it yeah. still is. <laughs> It still is, but now I don't have, being my, as old as I am now, I don't have to fucking, pardon my friend, I don't have to apologize for who I am any longer, hallelujah, you know. 
but but talk about music a little bit because you know i'm not like you i'm more of a visual person it's colors and shapes and forms that have always excited me and give me a synesthetic uh sensing of um other other things but music when you hear music at five or even now i i wonder how you relate for me it's a sound and it's a nice sound but it doesn't go as deep into me as let's say a visual component or something yeah yeah no so we're all wired differently some of yeah. us learn in fact in my keynotes and my trainings mm -hmm. i say now if you know yourself to be a more visual learner mm -hmm. then and you use music as an activator then mm -hmm. by all means use that and and many people say that that the the hearing realm you know the first sense that comes into the human body in any embryo 10 mm -hmm. weeks in i believe yeah. is is hearing some people have contested that it was also touch inside the womb but it's a it's a controversy well it's the heartbeat of the mother really that you're hearing right, right. i mean that's the right. sound and, and the outside the voices right. of your parents as they right. as you're coming into term the last sense to be heard before to experience before we die is hearing as well and i've right. always used those two those two truths as a wink from the universe that said that you know in, in the the original you know in the beginning was the word and the word was god that the very beginning of the universe was the big bang right that right. and that in thrive they talk about the cymatics right yeah, so yeah. The sound has a has it, to me it speaks to the primacy of listening as essential to our spiritual development and mm -hmm. our emotion you know every aspect of us right so there's that piece that but i would say that that some people though have been addicted to to their detriment to using their visual visual sense because the the many, many people have said that the 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 linear discriminative faculty of the human mind is funneled through the optic nerve so the capacity to rest your eyes and to feel and hear the imaginal realms and sound only is an actually this is controversial but it's actually a closer, faster way to go direct to the energy of the field than looking at something. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I don't I know I get that because it's it's interpretive. I mean, we've trained ourselves to interpret shapes as oh, this is a table, this is a book. But the mute there is no nothing to say what music is. We cannot say, oh, this music is a the music is more abstract and more a um, signature of the soul in that way, I, I well, would think. Yeah, it's the, the ether. You know what Einstein yeah. called the ether, right? The, yeah. the field, the ether. But you know, when I was putting out, I was creating these alchemical wisdom tracks with graceful passages. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. Mm -hmm. And in particular, there's a poignancy to that that I want to talk about right after this conversation about visuals. Mm -hmm. But when I was putting out these things called wisdom films, and they've been licensed now by Gaia TV, they're called Islands of Inner Peace. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Gaia TV, Gaia says they're the finest examples of short form contemplative media out there in the world. I'm mm -hmm. honored nice. that they said that. But I wasn't going to release them as visuals because of this slightly pejorative fundamentalist view that you'll get there faster with audio alone right mm -hmm. but then wake up to the 21st century right mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone listens when they look at something right. but because our obsession with linear uh, expression be, uh, has taken over the world mm -hmm. if most people don't listen anymore unless there's something to look at right. it's a really yeah. remember the days when in the 60s i remember when sergeant pepper's album came out we're all waiting for it. And then we all spend all afternoon listening. Whoa, you know, and we used to listen to things before. Right. right. But but before you get to that other conversation about graceful passages, can you describe for me, because you're uh, more audio, I'm more visual, what how you take music in when you said you heard that piano for the first time at five. What happens? Like, where does it enter you? How does it? How does it work inside you? I, I, I guess I want to ask. You know? 
All right. Well, the picture's worth a thousand words. So <laughs> okay. I'm just going to play. I, I don't have to play the whole thing, That's but okay. I want to just give you an example. So this is uh, Winter Faith. This is one of my albums. And I remembered the creating this because I was in despair. I was, I had, I had uh, stopped doing commercials and TV in 2005. I was, I had, I was really not doing well financially. And my co-creator of Graceful, Michael Stillwater said, you idiot. I went, why? He said, there were like, at that point, there were like 300,000 people who had experienced Graceful Passages. Mm -hmm. And he said, I know 300,000 people who would do anything to hear you just improvise at the piano. And mm -hmm. I went, what? what are you talking about? He said, let's go in the studio just to improvise. So I started and I wrote and I improvised this piece. And I just want to play you an example of why, of an answer to that question. Notice the spaciousness. Mm. It has elements of Beethoven's sonata in that. In a bit, a little yeah. bit. I'm so touched you said that. Yeah. But now, when you just stop and listen, and go with it. go let it continue so this this is the slow music movement stuff i've been telling you about and this this piece ended up becoming the theme for the pachamama alliance oh. when they created the awakening the dreamer symposium i did all the music for their media then mm. and it carries this pathos mm -hmm. this poignancy of us having coming so close upon it, the very planet upon which we rely on for our lives mm. and it has this almost this energy of less than but they know not what they do it has a little a tinge of compassion in it, but it has a sense of finality to it and so, state so, so in answer to your question it's about going with where it's inviting you to go inside yourself. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that is a your gift in a way. You bring music touches emotion. And like me, I have to search for it a little bit. I mean, I have to say, okay, what am I feeling? But like for you, and which is why you can create it because you feel it and it comes from that place as well. There's a, um, a synergistic alignment between feeling and hear and sound. There's, there's. But you know, Alan, I want to challenge yeah. you to do something with me. Okay. Yeah. I want you to listen to the music and allow the music to be the wind under your wings and infuse your heart where it wants to stay. Mm. And instead of just filling space with words, not that you do that, I'm saying, no. how can your words be the eagle that flies through the air as you allow mm. the music to be your dance partner? So I'm gonna shut up for a minute and let, let's just see what comes. Mm. Well, some of it feels sad to me, but sad, but hopeful. So if you had a message mm. for us, from Alan Steinfeld Hart, what do you wish for? Mm. Wish you breath. I wish you love. I wish you see the face of God in the mirror. Now open your eyes while you're saying it. Mm. Make it intimate. 
Okay, thank you. I wish you to know the joy that you are. I wish you to feel the exuberance you inspire in other people. Now let the music move you for a second. Why, let it inform what you're going to see next. I wish you to reach for your furthest dreams. I wish for more to unfold beyond your imagination. Yeah, do you feel, I've, if your audience were witnessing you in live Zoom right now, they'd say, wow. <laughs> because I got chills all over my body because mm. your willingness to be vulnerable and tender and authentic is a blessing for everyone. What the times we've gotten to is that we're far too comfortable with words only and with words meaning neck up only. Words infused with heart and soul. If Jesus walked into the room today, because of the fragmentation in our culture that's gotten used to neck up as the only way, people would go on about their business, they wouldn't even notice. Because we've lost our ability to feel the depth of our connection to soul, spirit, and the field. But when you open your eyes and you look at me, and you authentically wish that, it changes the game, and suddenly it's not neck up any longer, mm. and then we're not human making the doings. We're wow. human beings together, right? Okay, and hopefully that brings people a remembering mm. and a reconnecting to our heart and soul intelligence, you know? Right. And I, I just so love, I've never done this live in an interview before mm. with anybody, mm. but it's such a beautiful example because if you can feel in the field around us right now, Alan, mm -hmm. the field has shifted and suddenly yeah. we're not just, we're being accompanied by the, the reverberations of authenticity and tenderness and blessing mm. that is like sort of in the air now, mm. even though the music's gone. And this is the power of the universal language of humanity, music. Yes, music, when we were doing that exercise and right now, it is a way of feeling more of myself, of, 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 of what I feel. Like, you know, we walk around numb and then suddenly you ask me to drop in <laughs> and there's another- I want to acknowledge your- I want to acknowledge your courage mm. and your willingness to be a guinea pig on that. Thank no, you. I'm happy to do that. But there's another layer of myself to be discovered in this moment with the music, with you, with no matter who's watching. But there's there's another layer, I'll say to you, to all of us, you know, But but we are so conditioned by all our things to not yeah, right. be there. And I think if we but, could have that society. But see, here's the moment. Yeah. Alan, we are experiencing a momentary intervention, moment meaning in geological time. Right. And the likes of which, I don't mean just COVID, mm -hmm. but I mean the global grieving crisis that half a million people in America alone mm -hmm. have not had the blessing of having a loved one be able to be by their side. I am initiating a program called Working Title, the Global, Global Grieving Graceful Passages Project. Mm. And the goal will be to find, until we find corporate philanthropists who will do this, we'll make it available to all family members who've experienced a lost one a lot, during this time. We're gonna make it available because what we have had now is nearly a million people in English speaking world have been taught to how to recontextualize the loss of their loved one or the loss of their own life as they were going into an experience of stepping in to a proud member of the cycle of life, of the birthing and the deathing and the deathing, the being born into the day, being born into the life, being dying to the day, dying to the light, to the life. And this work, Graceful Passages, has helped hundreds of thousands of people feel the continuity of spirit, the part of us that never dies. Mm. And now I no longer think of graceful, it's the work that me and Michael and Doris Stillwater created. 
that is touched over a million people, I think, because of all the times it's been passed along to different people. But it, it is called the most powerful non-pharmacological intervention for the alleviating of anxiety and fear around illness and end of life. And they call it that for not no reason. It's it's a it it turns out to be this alchemical wisdom genre of spoken word and music becomes a way that parts the curtain of our disarm of our defenses mm -hmm. and drops us into we're all bozos on this bus. <laughs> we're all human beings with, you know, we still go to the bathroom, we still have um, um, you know frustrated desires and wishes that never get filled. We all have things that we grieve that we don't address. And mm. this becomes a recognition that I love what Dr. Ken Druck says, which is, I love this quote, and it's a statistic. 90% of all aberrated acts of human behavior can be attributed to the assimilation, to unresolved grief. Mm. Yeah. So when you think about living in a perfect, in a perfect storm, where a culture denies illness, death, grief, and loss. And, and it's the accumulated grief that's creating aberration in our behavior. It's the most remarkable, complex storm that we all have to unravel together. Mm. And it unravels by us doing what you just did in front mm. of me. Thank you. Opening stuff. And it is a graceful passage that we're all taking with this virus quarantine. We are in a graceful passage. And well, we have the opportunity <laughs> to be in a graceful passage, but well. by no means are we in it unless we open to the wisdom that the presence and the compassion and the tenderness is invited us into that music does so well. Right. But I, I think collectively things will be changed and different on the other side of it. That's the, that's the Bardo experience, the passage that, whether it was graceful or not, but hopefully <laughs> it, it is making us feel more. And that's what grace is. It's, the, it's feeling. It's the expression of right. what you're doing with your music and film and and. There's another part, you have the personality and then there's another part of you that comes in when you're doing your music. This is your divine experience. And like Gary Malkin is out of the way, right? And it's like- well, Ideally. <laughs> no, I think you are. No, no, you, that's how you're able to do it. Well, thank you. But do you know the work of Neil Rogan by any chance? Neil Rogan, I know that name. I he wrote a book called Delightenment. So add a D to, in, in, well, it's not Denlightenment, it's Delightenment. Okay. The book is a masterpiece and it's Neil Rogan, R-O-G-I-N. Um, I, I, it is a masterpiece because I'll tell you what the subtitle is. And mm -hmm. it's a book I highly recommend you buy. Escaping the Solitary Confinement of Your Personality. Thank you, Neil would have yes. killed me if yes. I didn't know the subtitle. Yes. And it's, it's one of the most, in the subtitle, it, mm. it, it's when I said I should hope so. When I'm at my best, mm -hmm. I'm out of the way. When we are at our best, we are portals of the divine, right? Yes. And I love the work of also Miranda McPherson, The Way of Grace, who, who is one of my spiritual teachers that I adore. And you should, I mean, you know her work, but her, her book, The Way of Grace, is a spiritual classic of five well, stars. It goes along with work like Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And... Yeah, exactly, but it does it with much more poetry because mm. these are kind of um, uh, what do I call it? They're they're short. Everything is a short offering into a way of thinking that turns you upside down. I'm working on some alchemical wisdom transformances with um, uh, with uh, Neil Rogan as well, and um, I just want to play one of them for you because they're so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. It's so cool, and we have it around. Check this out. This is Neil Rogan. You ever find yourself upset when things didn't go the way you expected? Or somebody did something that you didn't like? You find yourself hanging on to these upsets? Well, here's something that may give you a different take. 
find yourself in God's general store, standing in the return line with your life in your hands, hoping to trade it in for something better? You're in the wrong line. This is it. By now, it's no secret. Unconditional acceptance is key to the freedom, happiness, and peace of mind we're all after. No mystery here. Choose what is. This is improv, baby. We are all making this up as we go along. The secret of successful improvisational acting is simple. Accept what's happening and build on it. It's called yes and. Whatever life puts before you, choose that. Rather than judging it or trying to change it or wish things were different, say yes and. That means accept it, go with it, add to it, include it as if it was already in your plans. Do not make it wrong. 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 Welcome back to New Realities. I'm here with Gary Melkin in the last part of our interview about his passion to create and his love of music and his intensity of bringing feeling to people. So Gary, what are you working on now? I am working on a training program called Vibrational Intelligence, mm-hmm. harnessing, harnessing the power of music to, for a fulfilling and abundant life. And that's the working title. And what it is, is uh, I have applied this genre since I stopped being exclusively a commercial composer, although you filmmakers and thought leaders out there, if you want to score for your words, I, call me up at Gary at wisdomoftheworld.com. But what I want to say is that I... Um, um, I have learned by applying this modality to five or six different sectors, I've understood that there's a way to make our heart and soul wisdom be uh, equally respected as much as the linear rational. Mm. And there are ways that if we don't do that, we're going to have more of the chaos and confusion and incoherence on the planet than we cur- uh, that we currently have. With Brother David Steindl Rask, I took... His, I, I tracked him down, I recorded him, I set him to music, and then Louis Schwartzberg, the famous filmmaker, said, do you have anything that's not about death and dying? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I did this thing with Brother David. This was about, I don't know, seven years ago. And he said, can I use it? And he put it in his TED Talk. We're talking now, he created this thing called The Good Day or Gratitude, 40 million cumulative views. And I created them on of spoken word and music it was that blending of the music to brother david's sincere words you've seen the video Everybody's oh i think seen i've it. seen the video right does it start with that young boy talking about uh-huh. i love that uh-huh. that is one of my favorite ted talks when i watch tv it's just some shows that you just that are pretend and and when you explore you get more imagination than you already had. And um, when you get more imagination, it makes you want to go deeper in so you can get more and see beautiful things. Like it could, the path, if it's a path, it could, leave you, it could lead you to a beach or something, and it could be beautiful. you think this is just another day in your life? It's not just another day. It's the one day that is given to you today. It's given to you. It's a gift. 
It's the only gift that you have right now. And the only appropriate response is gratefulness. You notice how if he said that, and we heard it without any music behind it, do you think that we would listen as carefully as we did just mm. then? Well, yeah, they say the best music is when you don't notice it. I was listening. I knew the music was there, but I don't know. I think the music, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I... It creates a je ne sais quoi. It creates an energy of presence. Alan, I am so on fire with yeah. knowing that I came here for exactly what I'm doing. That and, is why you have so much energy because you are in alignment with that flow. And I think, and I'll say this to you, when Gary, you know, when you realize that everything you thought was in the way was to take you home to this truth that you are, that you have found, you'll, you'll start to become one with that every minute of your life. I'm experiencing more of that now than I ever have. My great comfort is that I know that I'm doing what I came here to do. And I'm, yes. I'm, I'm on fire with that. And, and that, that is really why we're here. I mean, relationships happen. All those things are part of what we've come here to do is the primary thing. All those other things, they're not distraction. They're great and they're exciting. But I think what we really come here to do is that what you're you know doing. but i'm gonna take i'm gonna do okay. so what i love about what's his name charles eisenstein yeah i don't he gave I, a beautiful speech to the pachamama community a few years ago when he realized he said you know what all those people that are working hard to get the environment done and they're working hard to do that and they're fighting this and they're fighting that he said but if you're the one that's taking care of your mother and that's mm -hmm. what you're doing if you're the one that's bringing new children into the world and showing them who they can really be and that love is the only thing that is real. If you're the one that's taking care of your mother because no, because she took care of you when you were a baby, you know, he said that contributes as much to the love in the field as anybody looking like they're in the limelight doing their purpose. Absolutely. That I, I, I'm, I, I agree with that. I, anything else we want to say about certain frequencies? I just like to hear a little bit of that because music is frequencies, but so are we. So can you just talk a little bit about that element? Yeah, yeah. And what, you know, what comes to mind is, you know, the whole sound healing explosion that's happened over the last 10 years? No. But, well, you know, that there are now events all over America where sound healers have taken- Oh yeah, with the crystal, crystal balls. Yes, crystal yes, that, I do know that, yes, yes. Now, the, the, the reason that that has proliferated at the degree it has is because there's incoherent frequencies, the likes of which we are surround ourselves, the blaring, divisive, fear-based media, the traffic, the, the, the din of the television, Go, you know, going on constantly, the mm. lack of spaciousness, lack of presence. When mm. you counter that on the other end of the spectrum, mm. the purest, most profound expression of healing frequency is this sine wave of the out the, of the bowls. Mm. And people have been, I walk into Grace Cathedral, the Sound Healing Orchestra. I've done some work with my friend, L'Oreal Star, where we've done sound healing events. And people will lie down in a cathedral like, and fill the place, Grace Cathedral and all these cathedrals all over because they, they inherently know that they've been bombarded with vibrational frequencies that create incoherence, that create divisiveness, that create fear, that create all kinds of levels of chaos, right? And they inherently are attracted to the great device of, of the frequencies of the pure tones that will literally vibrationally wash us clean. Mm -hmm. And so they stay there for an hour and a half. And the best compliment is that they could uh, lie down and an hour and a half later, they're literally, their whole vibrational frequency in their right. body, their organs, their bloodstream is phenomenally different. Kind well, of because there's such purity to these crystal bowls that they're the exact opposite of the incoherence of 
you know, when mm. you have a Tibetan bowl and it wasn't made well, there's a, there you can hear it in the rattle of it. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. finest Tibetan bowls, the finest crystal bowls have this uh, coherence producing effect that is a instantly, that no matter who you are, if you lend your attention to it, it will actually create a transformative experience that is almost like an accelerated meditation, right? right. So it's that phrase that keeps on coming back. The, 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 the frequency at which we vibrate is the frequency at which we create. Mm -hmm. And this is also gets into the Power Versus Force Dawson book, which is when we vibrate at the vibration of hatred or jealousy or envy or despair or hopelessness, those are frequencies that actually bring us to very low states of immune capacity, very low mm. states of, of vibrating that are not helpful to our health, right? But right. when we actually generate vi uh, the, that the vibration of gratitude, when we generate the vibration of love, of, of the sense of peace, inner peace, these are vibrational frequencies, right? Mm. Remember, like the eye spectrum, the amount that humans can perceive in the spectrum of sound and in the spectrum of light is so small compared to what there is, right? Right. So the, the you know the 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 self-importance of the human being to think that the frequencies are only what we experience is insane, you know? So there's so this is what a lot of the health health modalities that are shared in Thrive get mm. into, which is it's all frequency based. Right. And you are sort of a, a creator of frequency specific combination. Music is a certain combination of frequencies to move the listener to a certain vibration. I mean, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and that's. But I mean, you know, like if you play just a major chord. Yeah. That, so, so music is sculpted frequencies to elicit an emotional response um and if it's something that's mine like just the minor major phenomenon the yeah. moment we hear a minor chord it, it it brings us closer to the areas of sadness of loss oh. right so these are sculpted frequencies at a very simple simplistic level to describe that the, the true artisans of music understand how to sculpt frequencies in a way that delivers a response. But it's also encoded into us. You didn't have to, I mean, yeah, you, you told about minor chords immediately because we're human, because we're hardwired for frequencies and emotion and feeling a trigger, trigger those. Right, so what is this trigger? sort of chaos confusion um yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah half my living was from doing the music for a tv show for 15 years called unsolved mysteries which uh -oh. is experiencing a, a heyday a, a resurgence on netflix right now mm -hmm. um and it was all based on scaring the shit out of people right right <laughs> right no but it's just so interesting i and with that little exercise you did with me is that we are hardwired for resonance for right. audio resonance, for for those, no one has to tell us that. I mean, right, we just, right. if we were allowed to feel like what you did help me, we would know, we would drop into who we are as as music vibratory beings, really. Well, and this this tracks to the Greater Good Science Center at Cal Berkeley. Dacher Keltner's work is extraordinary, Born to be Good, mm. when he discovered that we are evolutionarily wired to do good and that we're so. we actually survive longer we are more thrive at a higher level when we're actually thinking about the whole and doing mm. our best to make the whole better right, right. it's extraordinary work what Docker has done anyway yes. i just yes. so love this conversation alan and i love you're you're such a pioneer and you're such a beautiful eliciter of information that makes the world a better place any, I've been talking to Gary Malkin, an old friend, a good friend, someone who allows you to just open up. There's something in just the way you express just allowed me to feel more. So thank you. This really hasn't been an interview. It's been a therapy session, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Al. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my, you know, my love, my passion and my commitment.
and I really thank you for the opportunity. Thanks so much. This is Alan Steinfeld for New Realities. Stay tuned for more shows on all sorts of evolutionary topics. Thanks. <laughs>